Deb? Kev? Who's your favorite Batman? Oh, gosh. Great question. I have all the Batmen, if you need me to remind you. But top of your head, who is your absolute favorite Batman? Well, I'm kind of in love with little Tom Holland right now. That's Spider-Man, isn't Tom it? Tom Holland, we do love you, Tommy Halls. <laughs> as soon as I said that, I knew. Different oh, type of okay. animal. Batman. Wait, was George Clooney a Batman? George Clooney was a Batman. Okay, was Michael Keaton a ba- Batman? Michael Keaton was a Batman. Okay, I've got, I've got the flow now. Now I know. Now I know. Who, but I don't know anybody I else. I feel like you already know this answer. Of my favorite? Yeah. Who popularized this theme song? I, I have no idea. Of course you do. I mean, it's a Batman theme song, isn't right. it? Right. Yeah. From who? From Adam What's-His-Face. Adam who? Adam West. Yeah. But Adam West isn't my favorite. No way. Adam West, who patroned who patronized who was a, no who, our, who, who was, was a, a patron, patron who patronized our restaurant wasn't your favorite batman so he was tv batman for sure okay you know kapow right gazonk or whatever they would gazonk, you know, gazonk. So I, I can literally remember the first time he came in and i'm looking at this guy and i was came at, in our restaurant mm-hmm, and for some reason i got stuck at the cash register that day someone didn't show up for work And I'm looking at this guy just thinking I know him. Sure. You know, which is, but it's been many years since he's been Batman. Okay. Right. And uh, I'm just taking the order and looking at him and listening and we're chatting back and forth. And then I think literally as I'm getting his stuff, I, it hits me Mm -hmm. who he is. And I look at him and I go, are you Batman? And he leans in like really low. And he said, I am but you can call me Adam. Super sweet. And I loved him every moment after that. That's not your story. What is the story? That's not your story. It is my story. No, that story, you co-opted somebody else's story. (laughs) it's my story. You knew Adam West because Adam West was one of the very first people who came into our restaurant. But it's such a good story. That is a story of some no-name employee who was like a young guy at the time. Yeah. And he just couldn't. I got it mixed up. Well, 20 years ago, (laughs) what are you going to do? That's why I was smiling. I was like, I'm going to let Deb ride this out because she's absolutely <laughs> plagiarizing somebody else's story. And but the way the story, the right story, the way the story goes is this kid who I'm saying he's a kid who's probably 20, 21 at the time is just like unable to stop looking at this guy yeah. at the cash register. And he keeps saying, I feel like I know you from somewhere. Yeah. And eventually all the transaction is done. And the guy, Adam West is about to walk away. And the kid says, Really, don't I know you from somewhere? And Adam West turns back and he says, I'm Batman. Yeah. And he walks away. Yeah. But Deb stole that. Deb stole, stole that story. I kind of like my version better, but. Well, sure, because it but f- he, features you. He did come in over and over after that. The worst part was he was an early yeah. customer. Like he would come in at six o'clock in the morning. Probably deliberately so. For sure. I, I saw him maybe twice in my entire time. Yeah. I mean, it's like, um, I mean, I think most Northern Nevadans know this now that Helen Mirren lives here. 
And when I see her, if it's in like the throes of the day, because yeah. I've seen her a couple times around town, there's no mercy for her. I mean, she's just, you know what I mean? Hi, 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 hi. You know, all the oh, people. Have you seen her be accosted? I've seen her be accosted at the Starbucks by us. Oh, for interesting. Sure. Yeah. Okay. Here are the list of the nine Batmen. Okay, bat go. Batmans. Yeah. Bat gentle people. And are these movie Batmen that you're sharing? No, they now? are all the people who have ever played Batman on television or in movie. Okay. Okay. Great. Now there are two on here that I've, that I don't even know about maybe, oh, okay. but I think they actually even predate you depending on, yeah, yeah. Some of them even predate you. So variety, we all know variety. We all know variety because we're talking about this obviously because the brand new Batman movie starring Robert Pattinson came out this weekend. I have yet to see it. I will see it. Super great reviews about it. Like dark, 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 mm. $200 million budget. Robert Pattinson from Harry Potter and Twilight. Not many people thought it was going to be great, but the reviews are rave. Was Robert Pattinson in Harry Potter? Yeah, he died. Oh, okay. Spoiler alert for anybody who hasn't watched Harry Potter. Hasn't watched it yet. He dies. Number nine, Batman from 1943, Lewis Wilson. Yeah, don't know him. Don't know Lewis Wilson. That's fine. So these are ranked from from bottom to top. So number nine, Lewis Wilson, the costume, hilarious. It is, it looks like uh, felt. Like, like they were anyone's in Halloween costume. Elementary school, cutting out felt. His ears are lopsided. They don't go in the same direction. There's a bat signal on it, and he's just wearing a big gold belt. Kind of love it. 1943, cutting edge technology. Number eight, Val Kilmer. Oh, yeah. You don't. Iceman gets a bad rap sometimes. We've talked a lot about Valley Val on this podcast. And the tough part was Michael Keaton was the first real Batman I remember. Mm -hmm. And Val Kilmer was his replacement. So Michael Keaton was um, in the 80s. He was uh, Bruce Wayne. And he he went up against the Penguin. He went up against Catwoman. And they were like huge to do. Mm -hmm. Like massive budgets non-stop action. Everybody loved it. And then Val Kilmer came in and it was just kind of like, oh, hey, what's up? I'm Val Kilmer. How's I, everybody doing? How did it go so sideways for Val? I don't know. He was such a good looking guy. And I, I think he's probably a really good human being. But I'm sure. Yeah. Okay. So Val isn't going to be one so of So Val's favorites. number eight. Yeah. Uh, how about number seven? Again, this predates you, 1949, the Batman and Robin series, Robert Lowry? Nope. Again, the ears, they look more like a chihuahua. Like they're off to the side. of the, They look like an antenna, like one of those old school rabbit ears antenna. Well, you have to be careful too with those ears. Like they can't be cat ears because nope. some of them look like cat ears. Right. Yeah. This looks like felt spikes on the side uh, of old Robbie Lau's. Yeah, that's not a good look. Not great. Number six is your guy, George Clooney. Mm-hmm. And this is arguably the worst i mean universally this is panned as the worst batman movie of all time if not the worst movie of all time Mm. because it went michael keaton michael keaton val kilmer Mm -hmm. then it went george clooney and they thought well the val kilmer um movie wasn't great so what we're gonna do is we're gonna bring in everybody we're gonna bring in robin that was bad christopher o'donnell i think they brought in bat girl alicia silverstone that was terrible they brought in jim carrey as the riddler Good, but not great. But a terrible movie. Oh, no. Maybe, no. Uh, Jim, Jim Carrey as the Riddler was with Val Kilmer. What they brought in, Tommy Lee Jones as Two-Face. They brought in Uma Thurman as Poison Ivy. And they brought in 
Arnold Schwarzenegger as Mr. Freeze. Now tell everybody that I just came up with all of that stuff off the top of my head because I just did. Arguably the worst Batman movie ever in existence. So I'm going to admit that I didn't probably haven't seen many of these Batman movies. Fair. Thousands of trailers, but no movies. So was George actually bad in the movie? I don't know that anybody was bad in the movie. It was just a horrible movie. Yeah, like it yeah. was comic booky for comic book's sake, and there was so many people yeah. in it. It I was like just that. over the top. And I mean, how's that coffee? How's that tea? Good. Yeah, I just had it. My throat was getting a little dry. <laughs> Good. I just Deb loves drinking on on microphone. I don't like the comicy gimmicky Batman. That's what this is. Number five, Ben Affleck. Now. In my head, yeah, that should be a good Batman. He was absolutely obliterated when they announced him as Batman. That's People why I said only in my head. Hated it. Yeah. But he's been Batman in five movies. Granted, one was just a director's cut of the other one, but he's been Batman in, no, four movies, two in 2016, one in 2017, and, and the director's cut in 2021. I thought he was better than a lot of people did. But again, it's a, it's a tough role to get into because I think initially everybody just hates you before you're announced. Every, Batman is one of those things that everybody has an image mm-hmm. of who and what Batman should be, as well as Bruce Wayne. Absolutely. Right? That is hard yeah. because Brat, Batman, we know Batman is Bruce Wayne, right. but in our minds, Spoiler they're alert. separate. I, I agree. And that you have to have a person who can do both. Right, right. They have to be able to be an action star and they have to be a suave, debonair you know, shut in cool billionaire, guy. right? Yeah. Number four, and this is the guy who I think of as Batman, Michael Keaton. Yep. I envision Batman, I envision Michael Keaton. I probably go one A, Michael Keaton, one B, Adam West, but my Batman in my head will yeah. forever and always be Michael Keaton. The Batman movie came out in 1989. Can you believe that? Insane. Number three, mm-hmm. the newest Batman, Robert Pattinson, whether this is, uh, what do they call it? Um, recency bias or not? I don't know. But again, the reviews on this movie are top notch. Oh, well, but why did he only get number three? Well, there's two other people who are apparently better than him. Do you like Robert Pattinson in general? So that whole Twilight thing. Sure. Never saw, never saw a second of Twilight. Never saw a second of it. And there was obviously nothing enticing enough about previews or commercials or whatever. No. To make me want to watch it. Nope. I thought it was weird. So he kind of got thrown in that trash bucket with, I mean, for me. Yeah. Right? Did you like him in Tenet though? I thought he was good in Tenet. Yeah. Yeah. Really good. She doesn't know what I'm talking no, about. No, I do. We watched it together. What's Tenet? <laughs> I watched Tenet. You did. Tell us about it. I don't remember. Okay. <laughs> Number two. Wait, tell what Tenant is. Tenant is the mo- is the movie directed by oh, what's his name? He did all the other Batman movies. I'll think of it in a second. The story is going forward and backwards oh, at yeah, the same yeah, time. Yeah, yeah. So you're seeing yeah. he is actually seeing the relationships. I right. liked him in that. Christopher Nolan. Christopher Nolan did that movie. Yeah. And he's watching himself go forwards and backwards yeah. in time. Yeah. And Robert Pattinson's a part of that. Number yeah. two is our guy, Adam West. Okay. Yeah. Here's what's bizarre. Do you know that the Batman TV show only ran for three years? 66, 67, 68. You know, it is so weird because you know when we talked about Lucille Ball a while ago? Yeah. I would have said that that thing ran for 10 years in my mind's eye. Yeah. But you know, they're on once a week, yep. every week. And even if it's just for two or three years, that seems like a lot. 
Yeah, because back then they probably did like 30 episodes, exactly. right? So the three exactly. years still gave you 90 episodes. And the number one who I think everybody in a, probably in a millennial Gen Z role thinks of as Batman is Christian Bale. Oh, yeah, Christian Bale. I forgot him. See, here's the thing. Where is she? Christian Bale. Sometimes I can't separate who I think the actor is from the actor. So when you see Christian Bale, you think I'm watching Christian Bale, or do you I think sometimes like think I'm watching a crazy guy? Oh, I think that's fair. I think Christian Bale's kind of crazy. Is he? Yeah, I, I mean, th- like in real life. Well, he's Scottish, so that makes sense. So Is he Scottish? The, are you saying that all Scots are crazy? Yeah. Blanket statement. <laughs> that's not so. We're not big in Scotland. The podcast is no. Big we in don't have any traction in Scotland, <laughs> okay, so we good. can say whatever we want good, about good the Scots. Know. Good to know. No. Uh, of all the Batman movies, I think it's universally believed that The Dark Knight with he and Heath Ledger is like the greatest Batman movie because R.I.P. Heath Ledger, he did win an Academy Award for his role as the Joker. But it's such a good movie. I watched it not too long ago. It's just a phenomenal movie that came out like 15 years ago and it still absolutely holds up. Okay. So now that you know all of these, are you still... I wasn't really picking. I was just trying to remember. Yeah. Okay. So if you literally say Batman, what pops up in my mind for sure is Adam West, uh-huh. because that's what I saw yep. for all those years. And he was a, like, he was a presence. He was a good looking guy. For sure. You know, so for me, it would probably be Adam West since I actually haven't seen any of the, the other movies. Deb's favorite Batman, <laughs> Michael Keaton, Adam West. Tom Holland. Let's start the podcast. Welcome to the Deb and Kev podcast. One is a Harvard Business School alum. The other is her son. Discussing business, pop culture, family, and everything in between. Now, here are your hosts, Deb and Kev. Hey, hi, hello, and welcome to the Deb and Kev podcast. Sitting right there is the president, Vladimir Zelensky, of this podcast. It's my mom, Deb. It's true, I am, and I am Deb. And that makes me the comedian, Vladimir Zelensky. I'm her son, Kev, and this is our podcast. On today's show, back from the Lone Star State, Deb is fixing to two-step her way to chatting with y'all about increasing your chances of holding on to good employees. And we're also feeling frisky today, and we are going to debate some hypotheticals in Would You Rather. And like Mortal Kombat characters, we'll finish him this podcast by telling you what's for dinner and what we're thankful for. But first, we've been to Houston, we've spent time in Dallas, we've seen our friends in Austin, and we got to spend some time in good old San Antonio. Let me tell you about San Antonio. Not a big fan of it. So Can what, you name the song, by the way? No, but what didn't you like about San Antonio? That all my exes live there. Um, no. What didn't I like about San Antonio? I'm not a fan of cities that have to generate interest, meaning like mm. nothing is authentic to the city, right? Mm-hmm. And here's what a lot of people would say. Well, Kevin, there's the Alamo. Yeah. If you said, well, Kevin, there's the Alamo, you've never actually seen the Alamo. The Alamo. The Alamo looks like a shed in our backyard. It is the smallest building in the world. The biggest conspiracy going is that the Alamo is worth your time. It is not worth your time. Let me just say this to all the people who have not seen the Alamo. Google it, look it up, hold it in front of your face. 
know that it is as small as can be and know that it was an absolute miracle that they held people off for as long as they did. That's it. Overdone. I'm all about the folklore behind it because it is impressive that they held on to this thing. But then you look at the thing they held on to and you're like, why did so many people have to die for this? Exactly. It's really, it's not impressive. Then you would say, well, Kevin, there's the Tower of the Americas. And I would say, that's just the poor man's space needle. (laughs) Right? It's 360 degree degree views of hill country in Texas, meaning you get to see a little bit of San Antonio and then nothing. When, you know, we're from the Pacific Northwest originally, Cascade Mountains, Olympic Mountains. We now live in Northern Nevada, Sierra Mountains. When we say we want to get up and look out, we're talking about thousands and thousands and thousands of feet. And we're also talking about really majestic views, right? I think Tower of the Americas, you're at least up 40 feet. <laughs> I think just than you that. get up just about eye level of the middle of a skyscraper in San Antonio. And then there's the river walk. And they use the word river very, very, very loosely because as you find out, it's not an actual river. It's derived from a river, but it's not a natural river. It's a cement rectangular river. I don't know, ditch. Causeway? Yeah. I don't know. That flows yeah. through the city. And when you talk to some locals about it, they're like, oh, you should see it when it's drained. It's disgusting. <laughs> Every morning I would look out into this little patch of river that flew, uh, that flowed, flowed Flew? past the, the hotel. And there was this guy in what looked like an, a fan boat, like a really, really janky fan boat. And it was always just littered with trash. I saw a lot of trash in the river. That made me sad. And so I think he was doing his part to clean it up. But again, that's a problem. That there's somebody waking up early in the morning to clean the trash out of the finger quotes river. Now, I don't know that anybody listens to this podcast who lives in San Antonio. If you do, by all means, we're, we're willing to let you tell us that we're wrong. But here's the last thing. And this is not a judgment. It's just a reality. Mm. The homeless population in San Antonio Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. is aggressive. Mm -hmm. Like, I mean, aggressive in their appearance and aggressive in their nature. I saw a guy sitting on top of like an electrical box. So like in the middle of the street, Mm -hmm. he had silver paint all over his face because he had been huffing it. Out of a bag. Oh, no. Somebody I was with walked by a, a guy who was on the ground, kind of spread eagle in pants, just covered in his own filth. And this is not mm. an indictment on these individuals. This is just this is just me recapping my mm-hmm. experience in San Antonio. And those two are representations of what else we saw. I guess I had it in my head that downtown San Antonio being such a huge tourist trap mm-hmm. would be... I don't know if it cleans the right word, but a little more tidy. The mm-hmm. other thing is how much construction was going on down oh there. Oh my gosh. Construct I said that. Construction absolutely everywhere. Here was one of the things I know a lot of people that we were with went on like boat rides on the fake river. Okay. And we'll just call it the fake river. I mean, it's not a real river. I don't know what it's really called. Yeah. I said to somebody, don't do it during the day. During the day, it's like it's like Vegas during the day. <laughs> it's Vegas during the day. Don't do it. Do it at night when you can't see a lot. And the only thing you do see are the lights from the restaurants yeah. and the bars and all those little cute Cinderella carriages that are going around. Yeah. I mean, do it then. I mean, that's my recommendation. But, you know, 
We live in a town where I think our biggest draw used to be casinos for sure. Absolutely. Though we're not Vegas. Um, And now I think the biggest draw is the outdoors, which I love that. But, you know, San Antonio, hey, people talk about the Riverwalk. Not going to lie, I had some good food. I enjoyed it. Good Tex-Mex for sure. Um, Of course, we saw great people, but I don't need to go back to San Antonio anytime soon. But I want to bless all the people there. And I want to say this. The homeless thing, just speaking to that, is such a tough thing everywhere, mostly for the homeless, let's be honest. And really, as a country, we need to look at that and do something to help those poor people. Agreed. I am in no way critical of the homeless people I saw. I was just taken aback yeah. by it because it was so front and center. Well, you know, it's a it's a climate that is sure. like fine year round. Yeah, 75 degrees I and mean, sunny. Who wants to be homeless in Reno in the winter? It's awful, yeah, right? Not great. Yeah. So the other thing was we stayed at this hotel. <laughs> Which we won't name it. We won't name it because they're probably going to be a sponsor here in the not too distant future. <laughs> we'll see. And the hotel itself, I would have said up until the last day, was fine. Yeah. Right? It was nice. It was maybe a little dated. Yeah. But the rooms were decent. They were decent size. Yeah. The service in the hotel was horrible. Now, horrible. we all know everybody's going through it as it relates to employees right now. Everybody is doing all they can to either hold on to the staff that they have or desperately try to find people to come work. So when we first entered the hotel, you're checking in, and one of the last things they say is, would you like housekeeping? To which that's just a bizarre question. Well, I think it's just, I think it's still a remnant of COVID question because I've been traveling during COVID and some of them are just like, nope, there will be no housekeeping ask for what you need. And the others are like, you have to request housekeeping. So I wasn't that surprised by it. I would agree with that until we saw what actually transpired. So the the woman asked me, do you want housekeeping? And I said, I would love that. And she says, how many days? And I just looked at her. Mm. I was like, all of them. (laughs) And she said, okay. So the next day comes and I'm in and out of my room the entire time. By five o'clock, I had still not had housekeeping. So I called and I said, hey, I would like housekeeping per my request at the front desk, which you asked me. And they said, oh, you must have been assigned for night cleaning, as if like that's a thing in a hotel, right? Nobody cleans it. And I said, well, that's okay because I'll be gone by seven. So feel free to send up all of your night cleaners (laughs) at seven. I pop into the shower at 5.45. I'm listening to some music. The shower's on. I think I hear a knock at the door, but again, there's nothing I can do about it. I'm in the shower. I'm tall enough to see over the shower because then I hear housekeeping. Oh, no, she came in. And I look over and the housekeeper and I make eye contact (laughs) with one another. And she says, she just looks at me. She stands, she's like, housekeeping? I go, uh, seven? She walks out, leaves the towels that she had ready for me on the counter, not in the shower, not in the bathroom, but like no, in the, the little kitchen area. Little, uh, there were little living rooms yep. and then bedrooms. Then, so I've said seven to now two people three or four times. 6.45 rolls around, a knock at the door, housekeeping. And I'm just like, I walk out there and I say, hi, can you give me 15 minutes? And she says, you want housekeeping? I said, yes. Can you give me 15 minutes? Looks at me rolls her eyes and walks away. And I'm just like, oh my God, like 
do housekeepers spit in your bed now? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Well, they do. They, I think they could do worse than that. For sure. So then I leave and I come back. Now, housekeeping has been there, but they have been there in the loosest of ways, right? The towels have changed. The old towels have been brought up. I go look in my bedroom and the bed is made the way a parent would see a bed made after they teach their seven-year-old mm, how to make a bed. Yep, yep. Nothing is properly tucked in and it is very clear it is the exact same sheets and pillowcases as the night before. Now, is that a judgment on mine? No, I mean, I'm not a filthy human being. I'm okay sleeping on the same thing. The problem is there was a tag on the foot of the bed for the comforter. Yep. And then there was a tag at the head of the bed for one of the sheets. So I had two tags on either side of the bed. So if I wanted to switch one, I had to undo everything mm. and move it all together, right? Because who wants to sleep? And this was a big tag with a tag just on in your face. jaw yeah. the entire time, <laughs> yeah, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. So my experience was my experience. Your experience <laughs> was a little different. Well, when they asked me if I wanted housekeeping, I actually said no. Oh, nice. Yeah. So I'm good. And if I need anything, I'll let you know. Deb, far less demanding than me. Well, to begin with. <laughs> well, Deb, far less demanding until you piss her off. Until you piss her off. Yeah. So then I get up to the room and I go, I don't know. This room doesn't feel clean to mm-hmm. me. And I went in and I had um, two queen beds in the bedroom. And one of them honestly looked like it had been slept in. I don't mean like messed up, but slept on at least. And I'm kind of now like getting a little creepy. Yeah. That's where the maids take a quick power nap. I'm looking around and, you know, there were a lot of things like, um, you know, the piece that held the TV was a piece of marble and it's like, you you know, you get a glance of it and you see all the fingerprints on it. This doesn't feel good. Yeah. So then I'm sort of figuring this out and then you and some other people come knocking on the door and I'm looking for a cup, a glass, a drink of water. No cups, nope. no coffee, nothing in the bathroom, nothing in the little kitchenette. Um, so I call down and I say, hey, can I get some coffee and some cups? They go, sure. They bring the cup, the cups up. They bring the coffee. Did they bring the cups or a cup up? No, they brought cups. Okay. Paper cups, uh, like a good sleeve of paper cups. Yeah. And then they brought uh, coffee like for a Keurig. Oh, like the little pods. Yeah, I don't have a Keurig you in my room. You do not, no. Yeah, so I don't know how no, those... None of us do. Yeah, there were there wasn't a Keurig anywhere no. that I saw. Nope. Okay, so I have she like... Just, she just was in her purse, and she's like, oh, these pods will work. Yeah, I had like 10 Keurigs, but actually no coffee for the coffee pot that worked in the room. Correct. So then later I figure out, like, I don't have any toiletries in the bathroom. The bar of soap has been used in my bathroom. Like, it's out of the box and Did wet. you look under the bed at any point to see if you had a roommate? Oh, this was, and then now you're getting creepy. All right. Of course. And no washcloths to like to wash your face or anything. So I call down and I say, this is after we'd gone out and come back. It's like, I don't know, 10 or 1030. I mean, isn't the hotel still open at 10 or 1030? I would think so. And so I say, Hey, I need washcloths. I need toiletries. By the way, I don't think my room was cleaned. I'm obviously going to sleep in it. It's 1030 tonight. The guy goes, uh, yeah, you can come down and get them. And I go, well, again, I'm already in my nightgown. And he goes, yeah, I'm the only one here. The only one in the entire hotel. And of course I go, the only one in the entire hotel? And he goes, yep. And then I go, that doesn't feel very safe. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) Yep. And he's just, he's not rude, rude. He's just having none of me. He's ambivalent. Yeah, he's ambivalent. So I say, okay, listen, 
I checked into a dirty room. It needs to be cleaned. I didn't have cups. I didn't have coffee. I didn't. I'll make do till morning. But will you have somebody call me before nine o'clock? He goes, yes. Did anybody call me before nine o'clock? No. Vegas didn't even take that bet. And so then I called down again. And then I have to have the ambivalent female version of him, right? Yeah. That says like, well, what do you want us to do? Right. I mean, you said you your didn't, job. You said you didn't want housekeeping. And I said, but that was predicated on assuming the room was, <laughs> it was clean, clean. <laughs> to start with. Um, and then at some point I flushed the toilet. Thank God the toilet flushed. But then the toilet ran. Yeah. And then I see the water rising. Oh, yeah. And then I go grab the ice bucket. And now I'm bailing Bailing, the toilet into the tub. I mean, it was clean toilet water. Is that a thing? Somebody else's wasn't. Yeah. Somebody else. Yeah. That happened too. And so it just went on and on. So then I had to call Scott, the general manager. Told Scott the whole story. And Scott says, and Scott listened. He did good. I might have said something like, I mean, you're not the Ritz Carlton. I mean, a little snark came out, right? Just sure. As if bit. you needed to jab him on that and yeah. Scott's life choices. Yeah. And so uh, he says, you know, what do you want me to do? Now, here's the thing. I don't want Scott to give me anything because he's annoyed me so badly. There's nothing. He well, can Scott hasn't me. annoyed you. Everybody else. Everybody has else you. has annoyed me. But Scott's going to feel like he did better if he gives me, I don't know, a free dinner or a token right. or something. Yeah. And so I said, no, there's nothing you can do. Here's what I'd like you to do. I'd like you to make this a coaching moment. And I just go through all the people, right, that I talked to, all the people. I mean, we had a girl come in that was supposed to clean the room, that literally it was the most bizarre thing in the world, made the bed and put up a whole new shower curtain. My, I think my shower curtain was fine. Right. She wanted to make sure that you knew it was clean, so she... Showed you by giving you a brand new shower curtain. Brand new shower curtain. And then wiped nothing off and left. Well, and she gave you an entire trash bag full of toiletries and just left them and on the counter. And just left them on the counter yeah. in the trash bag. Exactly. So Scott, you know, was effectively apologetic. I mean, he was good. Yeah. And said, thanks. I will be talking to people. Blah, 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 blah. So that was kind of the end of my horror story. However, when I checked out and the girl said, Hey, how was your stay? And oh, I she looked asked at her, you that? Mm-hmm. Hilarious. And I'll make up her name. I said, hey, Susie. Susie, this comment has nothing to do with you. Because you and I are just meeting for the first time. So average. So average. And she goes, okay. Well, thank you for being a blah, blah, blah member. I'm going to put an additional 2,000 points on your account. Well, that's there nice. There you go. That was nice of her. Yeah. And I think average was generous with it that generous. comment yeah. because other people had similar issues. Other people's rooms smelled like sewage. Other people at the last day found baby cockroaches oh, in their no. bathtub. Oh, no. So, needless to say, our time in San Antonio wasn't great based on the hotel and the city, the people we were with. Top notch. Well, and Many the, of them listening to this podcast today. Hello to all of you. And the worst part about it is there are people that put this on that are hosts. Totally. We're hosts. You're representing, you know, by proxy, yep. right? These people. And then these people feel bad. Who? I mean, what can they do if there's a cockroach in the or the toilet overflows or the nothing. place smells like sewage? I mean, they can do nothing. That's the terrible part about it. I will say this. The people. Oh, my gosh. Were we surrounded by good people or what? Very good people. Yeah. The people always make the difference, which is why 
it was an average, if not below average experience because the hotel's people made a difference in a negative way when they could have owned everything. But again, they're understaffed. It's difficult. I completely appreciate that. But even when you're struggling, yeah, you can still give good customer service. Well, you know, the the morning that we were checking out, because we didn't leave till later in the day, I called downstairs and I said to a girl, need a late checkout. This is Deb effing <laughs> Zener. I did not say that. I said, I need, I need a late checkout. And so does 1008. Yeah. Okay. That was my room number, by the way. And she says, uh, no, we can't do that today. Shocking. And I said, so here's how this is going to go. Is Scott here? She goes, no, he's off today. And I figure he's the general manager, so they have his phone number, right? I said, you call Scott. You give him my number, 775, give her the number. Just give out your number real quick. (laughs) And I go, I gave her my number, and I said, Scott needs to tell me no. Otherwise, I'm staying in the room until 2. Never heard from Scott. Yeah. Stayed in the room till 2. There wasn't a problem. I texted you. I was like, how long are we in this room for? And she's like, "Eh, two's good. I said, okay, great. So I was just chilling in the room till 2. But yeah, it was... I don't need to ever go back to San Antonio. No, Somebody no. is going to have to impress upon me how amazing San yeah. Antonio is for me to go back and give me all the hidden hot spots. Because if I can find every single meaningful thing to do on TripAdvisor, I'm good. I will go to other uh, other cities in Texas, though. Oh, I, for sure. I mean, I like, we're not totally opposed to Texas. No, I mean, I'm kind of opposed to Texas, but not totally, totally opposed, opposed to, to Texas. Texas. Well, I actually had the privilege of flying into Austin. Yeah. And then my friend took me to San Antonio. And I want to say, I love Austin. Everybody loves Austin. Oh my We're God. all moving to Austin. We're all moving to Austin. Come with us. Yeah. We're all moving to Austin. What a great way to segment, segment, segue into your business topic segment, which is increasing the chances that your best people will stay now more than ever. Business owners and managers should be hyper vigilant in wanting to keep their very, 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 very good employees because we are now aware of what else is out there and it's not great. It's not great. And when you get a good one, you do want to hold on to them for sure. For sure. One of the things that I think happens, and I think about this a lot, you know, we get familiar with whether we're a manager or whether we own a company, we get familiar with our employees. And then we could, just like anybody, we can be kind of loosey-goosey, a little dismissive, a little ambivalent, and not really remembering that this is one of my top employees. Maybe I want to do all the things I can to keep them, right? Yep. And I think that, you know, what people forget is we just forget the impact that we have on people. I mean, we might think we work together, we're a team, we've got this. The truth is, if you're the person in authority, meaning the manager and or owner, boss, you've got a lot of power that they don't have. That's usually the dynamic. Hopefully you've empowered them to do their job well. Yeah. But you, in the end of the day, still have a ton of power they don't have. So one of the things I think sometimes that people just intentionally or unintentionally create fear and anxiety in others that doesn't need to be there. And so I just... What I want to say is like, let's develop a consciousness about how we treat somebody. So I was on a thread this week. I'll just give you a little idea. This is nothing. This is not like a bad thing. But, you know, until you've really developed trust, like I'm talking about a strong foundation of trust with an employee, then I think you really have to go the mile so that they clearly understand you all the time. Yeah. 
which means that they don't adapt to you, you adapt to them Fair. and their understanding. So it was a three-way text. Somebody had made a mistake on something. Well, hadn't made a mistake. Somebody got something to somebody a little bit late and apologized and then said the reason they got it late. The reason was completely out of this person's hands. Okay. I mean, like, not their fault. No control. No control. But the person still apologized and then gave, I'm calling it the reason. The person that they apologized to said, this is what they wrote, great excuse. And then the little emoji with the hand over the mouth. Oh. So here's the thing. I actually... Love a good passive-aggressive emoji. I don't know if it was that. I think the person didn't intend that. But that's exactly how it came across. How else are you going to interpret excuse? I don't know. Because, well, and I... So this, when I read it, I actually looked up the definition of excuse and reason because I would have used the word reason. Yeah. I would have said great reason, exclamation mark, with some laughs. Or just say, thanks for letting me know. Or thanks for letting me know. Yeah, yeah. Or we're good. Yeah. Right? I mean, Or anything. please don't leave me. <laughs> I love your work here. Yeah, you're exceptional. This doesn't matter. This, this isn't a problem between us. Do you need a raise? But it was one of those things. Well, I don't know how the person felt about it, right? I just know how I took it, sure. right? And I don't think I'm super sensitive to that, but it kind of caught me a little bit like, is this person okay with it or are they not, you know? Fair. And so I think it's a million of those kinds of little things that we just need to be careful about. So everyone out there that's saying, oh, you want with, want me to walk on eggshells with all of my, you know, sweet little tender-hearted, sensitive employees. No, yes. I don't want okay. you to. I don't want you to do that. What I'm saying is until trust is formed, a good, solid foundation of trust then be very clear about your intentions, your reasons, and your communication. Here's a great example. I am extremely sarcastic. Extremely sarcastic. You are. I am extremely sarcastic. So I have to be hyper aware of when I use my sarcasm based on the the amount of time I've known the individual for and whether or not they can actually read it. Because there are people, no matter how long they've known me, cannot, will not, understand sarcasm. So I have to be hyper aware not to be sarcastic around them. Conversely, if I haven't known you long enough and that switch gets flipped and a sarcastic comment comes out, they're going to look at me and be like, what an asshole, right? That's so that's on me to understand when somebody else knows me better or that I know that they understand sarcasm. Exactly. I mean, I do believe you were in fourth grade the first time I said, honey, you're just not everybody's cup of tea. But you're mine. So there we go, right? Sure. Um, so the second thing is, I think about giving, you know, just being respectful to employees and giving them our attention. I mean, really giving them our attention when needed, which doesn't mean every passing in the hall kind of thing. But when they need our attention, let's stop, let's listen, and let's be mindful, you know, about, you know, what we say to them or the advice we're giving them or what we're commenting on. And just being generally respectful, which seems like, a very weird thing for me to have to say, sure. but I do think, you know, it's like what you just said, if you were managing somebody new, you can't do the like sarcastic, sarcastic thing until you've earned their trust. Absolutely. You know, that's a big deal. Um, focus on potential and p- possibility. And this is one of my big things. And this is right now 
like one of the number one reasons people are leaving jobs. They don't feel like there's opportunity for them in the company they're in or in the position they're in. Listen, opportunity can be grown out of a position without a raise or a promotion. Opportunity can be grown, I'm going to say in a squiggly line, not up a corporate ladder. You need to find out what your people are interested in. If you're a manager or owner, for God's sakes, go look at your own desk and delegate some of the stuff off of it and get people to help you. That's an opportunity to growth for growth. But if you don't allow people real growth and development within your organization, no matter how big or small, and if you don't have conversations about those things that are meaningful to them, you will not keep them. No, because they're going to go find the people who at least tell them, right or wrong, that those opportunities exist with them or they know they don't exist with you. And the last thing I'm going to say, and this is hard, nobody wants to hear this, but I'm going to say it anyways. I want to hear it. Make it easy for them to leave if they want to go. Oh, I don't want to hear that. I know. But here's the thing. We don't want to lose good employees. But the last thing you want to do, and I have seen this happen so many times, passive-aggressive guilt. I mean, the owner is heartbroken. Lay it on thick, baby. What they are is heartbroken. Their heart is broken because they had this great employee and the great employee, for whatever reason, thought the grass was greener on the other side. It might have just be that your time with them is done, that you've raised them, that you've nurtured them, that you've grown them, and now it's time for them to go somewhere else. But I'm telling you, passive-aggressive, guilt comments, will ensure that they will never darken your door again. And here's the thing. They may go over to company B for a couple of years. And guess what? They may come back to you because you're the next place for growth for them after that. So when people leave, even the people we love, we need to make it okay for them to go. We need to make it like, listen. Well, let me ask a question here. Can you actively re-recruit them to stay once they tell you they're leaving? Meaning, can you have the conversation say like, can you tell me why you're leaving so that we can potentially meet that expectation of what you're trying to find somewhere else? So if I had somebody that I absolutely adored and relied on and just thought, I mean, my world was going to end and I've had that. Like me. Yeah. (laughs) If I decide to leave this podcast, you're going to want to re-recruit me. (laughs) I'm definitely going to okay. want to re-recruit you. Thank you. Uh, and how do I find someone where I go, hey, I got a podcast. I do nothing. You've got to do everything. No, this is how it goes. <laughs> hey, listen. So my podcast co-host is leaving. Um, can you be my child and live exactly. in this house with me and exactly. then do all the production behind and it? And do everything. And I really don't do anything. And when yeah. I say I don't do anything. And by the way, it's entirely free. Uh, <laughs> I do, you don't make I don't, any money. I don't make my tea and honey. I mean, right. seriously, I don't do anything. So... um Listen, I'm not above, you know me. But again, now assume that I've built trust with this person and I have a good relation. I am not above throwing myself on the ground. Crying. Kicking and screaming, crying. Sure. And saying, what can I do? Yeah. Right? I mean, I am not above that. You've broken my heart. I'm going to die without you. Do you know why I like that though? It shows shows humility. It shows that even in the structure where you have quote unquote, all the power, which I can make an argument. You don't have any of the power. It's just given to you moment, temporarily, right? right? Yep. Where you have all the power. You are looking at the individual and saying, I can't make you an equal. There's no opportunity to make you an equal. But what are the things that I can do that can help fill your bucket back up to where you want to keep showing up here and not trying to go learn something new? Now, somebody's done with the industry or someone's done with that job and there is nowhere else for them to go. 
So God be, bless them. Right. Yep. Yep. And then then your your applicable anecdote of letting them go easily is 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 there. But if if you love somebody so much, if they're such a great employee, if they're a stalwart of your organization, you got to put something together to try to keep them, even if you know it's a Hail Mary. So here's how I think it goes. I think you fall on the ground screaming and kicking, yeah, crying. crying. I mean, grabbing at their ankles, yep. saying that you adore them and your heart is broken. Use it okay? as a weapon. No passive aggressive thing, just desperate love. Yeah. All right. Then I think you go to step two, which would really be like, okay, tell me why you're going. I want to know why you're going and really just tell them, I'm going to come back with an offer. I'm yeah. going to try to get you to stay. Put them on the phone right now. <laughs> I want to talk to your new employers. I think you do that. And then if they still say no, I think what you do is you just literally look at them and sincerely and genuinely thank them for the good job they did. The door will always be open. Yeah. I am so grateful that I had somebody like you yep. in my business for this time, for this season. And what can I do? to make your transition to that new job as easy as possible. Do you know that's anybody you that's do. come back? I've had people come back. To you? Mm-hmm. At the restaurant? At the restaurant, we had people come back, yeah. I was trying to think about that. I couldn't remember. But I've had people follow me places I've gone. That's true. And ask me if I, hey, do you know? Do yeah. you know? I mean, that happens a lot. Treat people like people, right? Praise them when it's necessary to praise them. Teach them when it's necessary to teach them. And if they ever decide to leave you, keep that door wide open for them to be able to come back. And that comes in the form of patting them on the back and telling them there's always an opportunity here for you. There is. There's always an opportunity. And so I'm going to say again, I feel like he should be sending us money. Jim Collins, Good to Great. That book is timeless. Yeah, Jim, give us money. A lot of what I've been talking about in this is in that. And it was written, I don't know, 25 years ago. But really, truly, individuals, I don't need to be treated the way you're treated. You don't need to be treated the way I'm treated. No. We all have our own style. And as the people in authority, I'm going to say, is we need to adapt our style to theirs. I agree. I, I, I'm all about this huge culture shift in the workplace where it is clear now that the, the duality of, of strength is equal. Meaning like, yeah, you get to tell me what to do, but if I'm gone, you don't get to tell anybody what to do, right? right? right. And so there is still a human element to all this stuff. I'm not an employee. I'm a person. Yeah. I, I work here 40 hours a week, but I choose to do that. Right. And so let's work in this together. Let's not have this, you know, like hierarchy as it exists. I agree. I'm all about that. I'm with you, Kev. All right, Deb, would you rather's? Mm. Would you rather go back to San Antonio or rip out all your fingernails? No, that's not the first one. Would you rather clean the same mess in the kitchen every day? Don't or I do not, that? That's okay, for sure. <laughs> or not be allowed to clean up the mess at all? Same, same every day. It's my life now. I'm already living it. I was going to yeah, say. I'm already living it. I yeah. have ADHD. I make the exact same breakfast yeah. every single day morning. By the way, yeah. being home and being able to cook my breakfast was like liberating. Dream. Oh, I I felt all the way to the world fall off my shoulders. Except sidebar here. Question. Yeah. Because this is what I knew. Yeah. I knew you had everything for your breakfast except what? The sausage. I know because I ate it while you were gone. <laughs> I knew it. I knew. I, I was like, I know that I let all of the other ingredients kind of run out yep. because I knew I was going to be gone. Yep. 
But I could have sworn I left some of that mm-hmm. linguiça that was still in you there. You left one. You left one. And I'm thinking to myself, like, did I use all of it? And- nope. You left one. What happened was there was a night where dad went to bed early. He didn't yeah. want any dinner. And I wasn't really like feeling like making dinner. You're going to be passive aggressive <laughs> and eat Kev's sausage. So I saw that sausage. Literally, I took it out. Yeah. I put it back. Yeah. And then I took it out. And then I ate grilled it. it up and ate it. Yeah. I used the uh, turkey sausage. Oh, there you go. There you go. It was pretty good. Okay. Um, Didn't make me fully fulfilled, but uh, (laughs) it was still very good. So I clean the same thing every single day. And there is something to be said for, I mean, I complain about like, I could never do baking, right? Because baking is the same thing a thousand times over and over and over and over again. I get that is way too monotonous for me. There is something to be said that you can expeditiously clean something so much that it that you could it's muscle memory right, right you right. don't even have to think oh, about yeah. it but there is a piece of me that loves the idea that i'm one of those people who just leaves a mess but you don't i but i love the idea of like we all know people we can think of them in our head yeah. maybe we will live with some of them <laughs> who can just leave messes yeah. and yeah. never think yeah. about it again like it is a little mind boggling to me that people go to bed with dishes in the sink. I hate that. I don't even understand. It makes it. Yeah. my skin crawl. I know. I'm I'm aware that it would like, up, it would upset me so much in the morning. Yep. I'm aware that like <laughs> I might clean the dishes too fast after dinner because it goes like this. Mom makes dinner, mm-hmm. mom serves dinner, Kevin grabs all the plates, and before the last bite <laughs> is down your throat, you can hear the yeah. scrubbing begin. Yeah. yeah. So I have to clean. I like cleanliness. I like organization, not to an extreme, not like I'm going to be on an episode of A&E or anything like that. You're not going to be on the OCD. No, that's not going to happen. But I like cleanliness, but I would love to be dirty. I would love to not care. I would love the idea that someone's going to clean this up after me. Yeah. Wouldn't that be great? Yeah. I need those. But that's the mentality of the people who just leave stuff around. Like somebody will eventually get it because they tell themselves, oh, I'll clean it in the next week, Uh, but they honestly know that somebody else is going to clean it up after them. No. I do one of those. I'm choosing the other one. I'm going to choose to just leave a mess. You are. Okay, well, good. I'm going to be the messy guy. Yeah, you know what? You're going to come back over to my side real soon. No, because this is my would you rather. I'm just going to be the messiest person (laughs) for the rest of my life. All right, here you're going to have to tap into your pop culture knowledge, both of the 90s and of the early 2000s, okay? Okay, let's go. Would you rather live by the... Hakuna Matata mantra, or okay. would you rather live by the YOLO mantra? Mm. Now, Deb, can you tell us what Hakuna Matata is from? Well, it's the Lion King, right? Exactly. And yeah. can you tell us what Hakuna Matata means? No. It means no worries for the rest of your days. Mm. It's our problem-free philosophy. Mm-hmm. Hakuna Matata. And then there's YOLO. Who's saying YOLO? Who's... Uh- I mean, don't millennials say yellow? We do, but we got it from a rapper. Oh, I don't know. Yeah, you do. Biggie? No, he was dead. Okay. <laughs> I, you mean Biggie uh, Smalls? Very dead by the time okay, this came out. Um, hold on, hold on. Let You're me there. Think. You're already the, there. Uh, Kanye? Close, but no. Uh, is this rapper dead or alive? Uh, very alive. Very, is he, he is black. <laughs> he, he is black, and we have talked about <laughs> him Because otherwise, I was just going to guess Eminem. Not Eminem. Um... We have talked about him on yeah. the podcast. We talked about him alongside Kanye West not too long ago. Oh, is he the short little guy? Short little guy. That was in the Super Bowl. Oh, no. Kendrick Lamar? No. No. 
I he was know. on a song with Kendrick Lamar. I don't know. And a song with Kanye West. I don't know. Drake. Oh, is Drake really a rapper rapper? Yeah. Okay. All right. I was going to say Drake. Really, I was. But you didn't. I know. <laughs> <laughs> but I was. What does YOLO okay. mean? Uh, you only live once. That's right. Yeah. So, Deb, are you Hakuna Matata-ing, meaning mm-hmm. no worries? Yeah. Or are you YOLOing, you only live once? No worries. Your, your beach life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What's his name? Who sings Cheeseburger in Paradise? Yeah, that guy. Jimmy Buffeting. Yeah. Pina Colada, Feet in Little the Sand. Little Margarita, yeah. Yep. No worries, no muchacho. Worries. I'm going to be happy. And YOLO, you only live once, do all the things. Here's the thing on the you only live once. Yeah. There's a lot of danger there. <laughs> You're only doing it one time. Yeah. There's a lot of danger there. I know it's exciting, but here's the thing. Even if you pick YOLO, it doesn't stop you from aging. True. And so I'm going with, listen, it's, I'm not picking the safe thing. I'm picking the thing with the least anxiety yeah. that can make me happy. Here's what. Here's what, Here's what. where... Uh, I draw the line in the sand. I would say for the better part of my life, I've YOLO'd, mm-hmm. which has allowed me to now want a Hakuna Matata. <laughs> exactly. No, there's a place where you can yeah. only pick Hakuna Matata. If Bandana. you yeah. have YOLO'd, all you want to do after YOLOing yeah. is Hakuna Matata. Exactly. Because if you understand the absolute bear that is YOLOing yep. and yep. all that comes with it and the stress and the anxiety and the hangovers and the drama and all that good stuff that comes with it, all those hyper emotions. Yeah. All you want to do is just Hakuna Matata. Jimmy Buffett's looking good. I'm telling you, <laughs> I, after the last couple weeks, if you told me, Kevin, we're going to YOLO. I'll be like, no, 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 no. It's all about that. Hakuna Matata life for your boy right now. That being said, talk to me next week yeah. and I might be wanting to YOLO Something again. different can happen. Again, this, this question is probably going to be cut down generational lines with acknowledging that in 15 years, that will all change again. Probably not for me, maybe for you. I don't think for me either. I've, I, I love my life. But my life is predominantly matataing at Mat- this point. <laughs> I can only YOLO a little. Yeah. I can matata a the lot. YOLOing is in spurts. Exactly. We're only exactly. doing a little bit of YOLOing, yeah. which allows us to safely get back to matataing. And it takes a while to shake all that off, all that YOLOing off. It hangs with you for yeah, a while. Yeah, I didn't go to the gym because I was still dripping in YOLO today. <laughs> <laughs> I needed I needed a bit of a matata. Right now, I just want you to picture Kevin is slowly on the ground. Yep crawling yep. towards Jimmy Buffett's beach, trying to get there. I, I'm covered in glitter. Yeah. I smell like a nightclub. <laughs> yeah. I'm wearing too tight clothes yeah. and I'm shedding all of this to get into the ocean to pop back out with a, you know, rum in my coconut type thing. There you go. All right, Deb, would you rather your only mode of transportation be a donkey <laughs> or a giraffe? Ah, a giraffe. Can you, are giraffes fast? Can you ride a giraffe? Is a donkey fast? I'm trying to think, I mean, I'm trying to think of how much space the giraffe has to sit on. I mean, is it, does it slant backwards? Here's the first question with the giraffe. I think it slants backwards. How do you sit on a giraffe? I know. Well, Do you saddle it or do you you koala its neck? So there's this thing where I'm thinking if it's a perfect giraffe, you would be able to saddle it and koala its neck. Well, I think a perfect giraffe means, is it a huge giraffe? Right. But I'm thinking... That the giraffe's body yep. tips a little bit backwards, like there's a slide going backwards a little bit. I mean that it's not like a horse. It's not, yeah, it's not. There, there's not a quote unquote flat spot for you yeah. to get an even, an even ride. 
also I'm thinking that in terms of control, how much control do I have over a giraffe? I don't know. I'm going to assume for transportational purposes, this giraffe has been <laughs> bred to be some form of vehicle. Yeah. So it understands. Here's the thing. Yeah. You see people riding camels, right? For sure. How many? How often have you seen people ride a giraffe? Well, I think that's the novelty of the question. I'm going with the donkey. Here's why I'm going with the giraffe. <laughs> you never go with what I the go with. The giraffe has to be like the the version, like the animal transportation version of like, I don't know, a Bentley. Mm-hmm. Like it does everything that you need it to do, but but it's just get you to point A to point B, but it looks cool doing it, right? Oh, for sure. My my, you know, 1995 Taurus does yeah. every single thing that a Ferrari does as it yeah. relates to four wheels and getting you to the destination. But man, it's a lot more fun to drive that Ferrari, however impractical it is. So are you saying the Taurus is a donkey? The Taurus is for sure a donkey. <laughs> and the Ferrari is a giraffe. If you, the side effects of driving the giraffe Low, low clearance. Like you got to go out of your way to make sure you're not going under anything with a height limit, right? You don't want to kill the giraffe. I don't know. If, do you ever even get to have a personal relationship with giraffe because it's heads up so high? That's okay. I like to think that when I, when I park it, I've chosen a profession with apple trees in oh, the okay. parking All lot. Right. So it can, it can do its thing. Again, a perfect scenario. If it stops to get water, you're getting a little cumbersome because now it's got to spread its legs all the way out and you might yeah. be toppling over. The thing with the donkey... Is no, there's nothing bad about the donkey. It's just a donkey. It's a donkey. Wait, wait. What's the Italian song? Oh, uh, the Christmas song. Yeah, chickity chick. <laughs> it's Dominic the, <laughs> the donkey. donkey. That's the rule of the donkey. You have to okay. constantly play the Christmas song <laughs> while you're riding the donkey. I'm going with the donkey. The donkey is going to be sweet. They are loving. Yeah. I mean, we know that about donkeys. I get, I, I mean, he will. He's a companion. Like, he's a companion. Plus he'll get me where I'm going to go slowly. albeit slowly. Uh, right? You might be able to get bursts. Bursts of thing. It. Yeah. Also too, if I have to lead the donkey, if it does come to that, I can put stuff on his back. I don't think that's going to work with the giraffe. I'm going with the donkey. I mean, you just get to ride a giraffe. Did you see Kevin? Riding that human giraffe. resources? Yeah. What about him? <laughs> he rides a giraffe to work every day. He doesn't even take the elevator. He just scales oh, up its neck and God. pops into his office. It's very yeah. cool. You're taking that to a whole nother place. Very reverse now. Fled, yeah. Fred Flintstone on that. Um, okay, here's a great one. Super okay. simple in its in its nature. Would you rather only have a spoon or only have a knife? It's the only oh, utensil man. you get. Forks don't exist. A spoon or a knife. Okay. You can have as many of each. Knives. What what food did you think about when you thought of knives? I didn't. I just thought about the ability to cut. Okay. Think about what you cut on a daily basis, though. And then you're you're sticking the point in your mouth every day. No, I'm not doing that. I'm, I'm like What, are you cutting and then using I'm, your fingers? Yep, that's what I'm doing. <laughs> what if you have cereal? I don't know. Then, well, I don't have to cut that, obviously. I mean- it's Just I'm, hand scooping? <laughs> I'm just a little, a little at the trough. Yep, I'm just hand scooping. What if you go to Qdoba? Wait, what do you mean Qdoba? Qdoba's a bowl. You could almost eat most of Qdoba with a good knife. I wasn't with thinking a like, knife. There's rice. I wasn't thinking of like a super skinny sharp sharp knife. I was just thinking of kind of a fat knife. Oh, a you knife. eat off the you eat off the dull side. 
of the knife. The dull side? There is a dull side of every knife, Kevin. But it's a, like, how thick is this knife that we're Kevin, talking about? What kind of wimp are you using a spoon for the I'm rest thinking of, your of life? the practicality of it because if I go to Qdoba, they've already cut up my meat for me and then I can spoon well, it into my mouth. That's Qdoba. Right. What are you going to do when you go to a steakhouse? I'm going to order <laughs> mashed potatoes. <laughs> You're going to say, hey, I'd love that filet medium rare. And could you cut it back there? A hundred percent. Bring only a spoon. Yep. Yeah. No, that's not going to work. No, I think you have to choose spoon. What are you going to do when you Think have of all noodles? the meals? Noodles. Picture long noodles. Wrap them around my spoon. You're going to wrap them around your knife <laughs> and then <laughs> and slice the, the size of your mouth. Good recall, like Joker, yeah. like Heath Ledger in the Batman. That was bad. Right. That was bad. Yeah. Um, I'm going with the knife. There's no way. <laughs> I'm going. There's with no way. The knife and my fingers. That's what I'm doing. Uh, a knife? <laughs> Think of all the things you use. A knife. No way. And my fingers. The spoon, you can do you can't literally undo my would everything. You rather? What if you have soup? <laughs> I'll drink hot it. Soup. I'll hot drink soup. it. I'll drink it. You're going to drink hot soup. Bowl to I'm your gonna, face. But, Disrespectful five star restaurant. There you go. Drink a soup. It worked perfect. Scalding hot. <laughs> well, wait. If it's scalding hot, whether it's in a spoon or whether I. What are you I put doing with to- ice cream? I'm just gonna lick, lick it. it, but it's in a bowl. Lick you it, psycho! <laughs> just, just you're like, like little just dog in a water it. bowl yeah. licking your ice cream. Yeah. You see that lady just sucking down her yeah. ice cream? Yeah. It's in a bowl. Yeah, I really am shocked. I'll just you chose get a cone knife. every single time. You can't have gluten. I won't eat the cone. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just have the cone. I'm floored that you chose knife. I chose the knife. Floored. Listen, the knife is going to come in handy so many other ways. To stab people who are using spoons to steal them from them? Yeah. All right. Sticking with kind of an equine theme here. Would you rather have a horse's tail or a unicorn horn? This feels really wrong. Well, I mean. they're like dead now, right? What? The horse and the unicorn. Oh, no. <laughs> I don't think like you killed them and then put them on your body. How else would you get them? I mean, on your body. <laughs> Not oh. that you had to go kill these animals, oh. one of which okay. isn't even okay. real. Okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> let me let me see. I can. Oh What'd no! What'd you do? Oh no! Your computer died, and it, we lost. My computer died. Shall we continue? Yeah, your okay. computer died, and we lost lights. Okay, we lost lights. So the okay. lights got officially annoyed s- by your question. I can see my younger, uh, lighter, yeah, more svelte self, like swishing a uh, horse tail around and being like proud about it. Yeah, for you see sure. See that lady over there? That horse big tails, hairy ass. Horse tails can go big and up and swish. I could wear a ponytail on that day. But I'm thinking, oh, man, a unicorn horn, that would be pretty damn cool. Out of your head? Yeah. Yeah. A unicorn horn out of your head. Yeah. I'm going with the unicorn. That's the, where they are, but, out of your head, Kev. But practical? Like, what's the practicality of that? I don't know. Hang something on it. You just when want, you're on an airplane trying to sleep. You just want a big 
horn yeah. sticking out of your head, and you're going to function with this thing that's yep. four feet long. I think it becomes long. battle armor. I think if anybody bothers you. Find yourself you, in a lot of battles. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> I think it's like you could pick something up. It's like a third hand a little bit. I think it's kind of like I'm on an airplane. I'm tired. I lean back to go to sleep. I hang my coat over it. It just is a nice little shelter under there. I think there's lots of things the unicorn horn could do. <laughs> I would choose a horsetail, and I just make somebody braid it for me. And just hang it off your butt? No, because I just keep it in my pants. No, now, you it might look it. No. it might look like I got a little doo-doo in my pants, <laughs> no. but I'd braid it, and then I'd wrap it around my leg, and nobody would ever know. I think you have And to you're be, embracing your freakdom. <laughs> I think you have to be loud and proud. You have to show it. Would you paint your horn? Maybe. Or what, I might in bedazzle your head, it. In bedazzle your head, it. what color is your horn? In my head? Uh, I'm going to say silvery. Like with a sheen or yeah, a matte a sheen. silver? No, no, no. Like sparkly now be honest yeah in your head <laughs> does your horn possess magical powers it absolutely it does. does well because i'm a aren't i part of you part i know it just says now? a unicorn horn or a horse tail well okay let me ask you this yeah are unicorns magical well for sure but they're also not real Deb. Then how could i get a unicorn horn if they're not real this podcast has gone off the rails. Okay. The the lights are turning off. It's a sign that we're supposed to wrap this whole thing up. So Deborah, dealer's choice. Yes. Food or thankful? You go first on thankful. Um, My thankful is very straightforward. Even amongst the chaos that was our time in San Antonio, as you mentioned earlier, we spent it with amazing people, had huge, deep, guttural laughs throughout the time that we were in San Antonio. Got to see people we hadn't seen in forever. And if you're going to tell me that you're seeing people who you haven't seen in a couple of years because of COVID, that will always and forever be my thankful as it relates to this podcast. Saw people I hadn't seen, met new great people, got to see some people I had seen recently who it's always fun to be around. I have no complaints with the, with the people we surrounded ourselves with this week. And it was so much fun. So my grateful is Truly the exact same thing. It started with seeing my girlfriend, Jill, in San Antonio. Yep. Arrived on her birthday, took her to lunch, had so much fun. She brought us amazing gluten-free sugar cookies. She is amazing. Yep. I mean, we had a terrific time. And then um, all of the other people that we were able to surround ourselves with. And there was this moment where a bunch of us who all really know each other well yep. were standing around together and realized that together, I mean, we've seen a couple different people but together we haven't laid eyes on each other. And it was, I mean, really. Like the three stuff, or four years. Yeah, it's yeah. the stuff that like just brings you to your knees. And we met some wonderful, lovely new human beings. Yep. Now, Deborah, last week we failed with food. Did we fail? Did we fail? Did you not post any food, Kev? Did you not make any food, Deb? I made food. Did you? Yeah. Where were the photos of that food? I don't know. Hmm. Weird how that worked out. <laughs> what did we say I was going to make? <laughs> you were going to make ramen with pork. I'll make ramen this week. You know what happened? I don't want your ramen. I want something new. Okay. Let me think. Hold on. This will never cease to amaze me. People, okay, I'm, I know, hold on. I've got my phone. I'm going to make a listener sit in. We got uh, a listener suggested food item for Deb. I've got it right here. And you're going to know exactly who you are. I'm coming in hot. Once I get through 
all the Wordles that we share. That's just a whole nother A lot thing. of Wordles. How have you been doing on Wordle? Give us an update. You've been getting all of them? I'm 100%, Kev. Good I'm 100%. job. Proud of you. I've gotten a lot of threes. That's great. Me too. A lot of threes. Have you tried Quordle yet? Were you doing four at a time? No, but somebody suggested that to me today. Do you think that's good? I do it every day. It's a lot of fun. Okay, here's what we're going to make. Yes. So this week, we're going to make zesty chicken. Oh, okay. What, sounds really what's good. What's zesty chicken? So let's see. There's Worcestershire sauce, vinegar, ketchup, salt, pepper, basil, paprika, garlic, salt. Ah, um, the Lipton onion soup thing. Oh, I like that. And apricot preserves. Sounds delicious. We're going to make that. We're going to take a picture of it, and we're going to tell you just how good it is. Couldn't be happier. And I have a recipe. We could actually share that as well. That Deb is finally going to cook what she says she's going to Do you know how cook? happy they're all going to be that their mom and their grandma's recipe is going to be out there in the Ethernet They should now. be. They should be. Because yeah. we're promoting their free cookbook. <laughs> their free cookbook. <laughs> yep. Anything else, Deborah? No, I'm just saying, it, you know, I want. it was such a good week. And this isn't a d- dynamic word. However... I think we were just surrounded by genuinely good human beings. Agreed. And in the end, I think that's how I want people to describe me. I just I want to be I just want to be known as a good person. I think that will make me so happy. Good luck with that. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> you are one of the best people that I know. And I don't think Thank anybody you, listening to this podcast who knows you would even question the idea that you're a good person. Thank you. But I feel it, I feel wrapped in goodness now. As I hope you it lasts a while. As you should. And with that, that's going to do it for this episode of the Deb and Kev podcast. Remember to like, rate, and review wherever you listen to this podcast. And if you want, you can follow us on all of our social channels at Deb and Kev Pod. Mom, so happy to be back and I love you to death. I love you, baby. We'll see you guys on Thursday. Thank you for listening to the Deb and Kev podcast. Remember to like and subscribe wherever you listen to this podcast. Follow Deb and Kev on Facebook and on Instagram and Twitter at Deb and Kev Pod.